From the game gurus at Snakes and Lattes, you're listening to the Snakes Cast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast, and welcome back to 20th Century Classics Month. I'm Jonathan Moriarty. Joining me this week are Maddie McLean. Hello. And Colin Young. Hey there. So for the second week of our second foray into 20th Century Classics, we're going to talk about Yahtzee. Now, almost everybody in the audience has heard of this one, I hope. If you haven't heard of it, then don't worry, you will very soon. This is a game that is a box, cardboard box, with a plastic cup, a mini golf pencil, five dice, and a pad of paper, and that's it. And that, sm- that minimalist combination of components has entertained people for well over half a century. It's been quite something. Uh, have you guys uh, played Yahtzee? I, I, I imagine you have, because pretty much everybody in the Western world has at this point. Oh, yes. All right. What kind of experiences have you had with it? And how old were you when you, st- when you first learned it? And what, was the, what was the situation? Well, personally, I have never been a huge fan of Yahtzee. I remember my mom picked it up one day when she was randomly in Walmart because that's where we always went. <laughs> and she picked it up and brought it home and said, we're going to play this game. And I don't think we ever actually did. <laughs> my mom likes to shop, but she doesn't like to actually follow through on playing games. But oh, That's unfortunate. Uh, we did have it for a long time. I didn't actually learn the full set of rules until I started working at Snakes, I believe. Wow. <laughs> that is a serious gap. Well, uh, Yahtzee was kind of a mainstay at my public school, uh, in, the, in the lunchroom or uh, on, on occasionally on, when it was raining at recess, uh, the teachers would bring that one out as one of the options available, so that was always kind of there. couldn't really escape it. Uh, how about you, Colin? I played a lot of Yahtzee uh, at, at home, at my grandparents' house. It was, it was a staple because it was so easy to play, uh, and it didn't really have any theme it was still very abstract so anyone could pick it up quickly i played a lot of yahtzee as a kid did you like it i recall enjoying it at the time when i won uh (laughs) i'm pretty sure it was the worst game when i didn't uh but it was it it was a thing to do it was a it wasn't really a game that uh I sought out to play, but if we were playing some games, it seemed like the obvious choice. There's a certain dynastic quality to games <laughs> that old that you learn them so young because your parents want to play games with you. What are the options? All right. Let's uh, do a quick history lesson here. Uh, it was first published as a box with the word Yahtzee on the cover in 1956 by a gentleman named Edwin Lowe. It was later purchased by Parker Brothers, who eventually got purchased by Hasbro. But before that, uh, he got the idea for this game from some friend of his who played it on their yacht and called it the Yacht Game. They, in turn, got it from earlier games called Generala or Dados or Poker Dice. Uh, when it was published, though, it was not an overnight success. And the trouble was, you couldn't explain the rules or the appeal of it in a short advertisement. Um, and so there, there were a lot of problems getting this game off the ground, but they hit on an idea. They started having Yahtzee parties where you invite a bunch of people over and you'd all play Yahtzee together and then it caught on. People actually had to sit down and play the thing to get the appeal. And now Yahtzee sells 50 million copies per year. That's 50 million per year. And to contrast this with uh, the kind of games that we tend to uh, uh, to sort of bring out at Snakes and Lattes, Ticket to Ride, the fastest selling uh, sort of uh, a hobby game out there, Dick, Days of Wonder on their website is very, very happy to announce that they've sold over 3 million copies of Ticket to Ride, a game that was published 10 years ago. So 3 million copies in 10 years versus 50 million in a year. This game is massive. That's a lot of games. It is huge. 
So uh, obviously this game is enormously popular out in the world. What about its popularity at Snakes and Lattes? Do you see a lot of people bringing that one out? Sometimes. I know we have four copies of it on the shelf. Yeah, we... I know this because there's usually all four copies on the shelf. <laughs> it's, but uh, do, do, I, I, when I'm working, I do sometimes see a lot of people bringing it out. And uh, sometimes I struggle a bit to sort of get a sense of why it's popular beyond just everybody knows it. Is that, is that the only thing that, uh, that, that attracts people to Yahtzee, the fact that it's familiar? Or is there something that goes beyond that? I don't know, but now I'm still thinking about Yahtzee parties. <laughs> <laughs> I just pictured like Mad Men style 60 suits, everyone drinking cocktails, looking sexy and playing Yahtzee. I want to play Yahtzee now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the appeal. That could be it. They got the ball rolling with that. The other thing is this. In all the ads, they talked about how it was a thinking game. And uh, I wonder, we we did an episode specifically about people saying that they don't really feel like thinking. They're not in a mood to think. A lot of times, those people will actually bring out Yahtzee. Do you guys think of Yahtzee as being a thinking game? I think it's like an introduction to thinking games. Like, I wouldn't put it up there with something like Twilight Imperium, but, you know, it's definitely more thinking than a game like Snakes and Ladders, which was probably one of the few games before that used dice. I think that it's a thinking game if you want it to be, uh, because you can keep certain amount of factors in your head, and you can choose to mull over those. In a game like Twilight Imperium, it has to be a thinking game, because you can't dial that in. There are so many minutiae elements going on. So Yahtzee is variable. All right, let's actually look into the questions of where the thinking is in Yahtzee and what it leads you to do. Let's start with the rules. Is it easy to explain the rules of Yahtzee? And forget that everybody knows it. If you had to explain it, how would you do it? Like, teach our audience here how to play Yahtzee. Go. Well, Yahtzee starts with dice in a cup that you roll. Now, the brilliant thing is the result you get on your first roll isn't the result you have to end up with. You can re-roll the dice up to two times in any combination that you choose. Uh, The dice that you end up with, you then have to fit into one of the categories, so be it your number ones, which is the number of ones you have showing on the dice. You could put in for a full house if you have a pair and a trio, a triplicate, a three. Three of a kind. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. (laughs) Uh, And essentially, whoever has the highest score when everything has been totaled will win. Okay. So it, it seems fairly simple. But uh, the choices are not as easy as all that. I mean, yes, okay, I roll those five dice, I decide which ones to keep and which ones to re-roll, but how do I pick which ones I'm going to keep? Because you have to think ahead. You have to decide, all right, am I going to try and fill in my row of sixes, or am I going to go for a straight because I've got a one, a two, and a three, and I might get the four and the five, then I need to finish that out. Uh, It's a game of what-ifs. It's a game of sort of thinking ahead and risk management as well. Uh, In any given situation... Most of the time, the decision points in Yahtzee lie at a point where you've got something, and it's not much, and you could try a reroll to try and get up something that's worth more points, or you can keep what you have now and get a sure thing that isn't worth all that much. Um, risk management is actually kind of an exciting sort of thing because you're never quite sure what's going to come up. That, I'm guessing that's a big part of the appeal of this, but... My God, how do you put that into a commercial? How do you put that into 30 seconds? How do you make a pitch even at the wall at Snakes and Lattes? Can, can you even do that? Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cite sexy Yahtzee parties. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're not going to sell people on Yahtzee by explaining 
uh, risk management and debating the difference and the value of randomness versus odds in a dice-based game, you can fluff it up in any other external way, which seems to be wow, how they manage to sell 50 million copies annually. But the game itself is uh, a fairly solitary activity involving odds management. You, you can only sell it and pitch it to people through means that are not explaining the game. Yeah, you have to play it to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and hence the sexy Yahtzee parties being the, uh, the, you know, the, the watershed that they were. And you mentioned something else that's very important, Colin. The fact that you don't get to interact with the other players. You know, what I roll has no effect on what anybody else is going to do. You know, when I fill in a line on my sheet, that doesn't affect anybody else's sheet. Uh, there is no player interaction in Yahtzee at all. I can't do anything to you while we're playing. We're each playing separately. Um, is that a benefit or a drawback? Well, it's certainly a, a drawback in terms of sexy Yahtzee parties. Mm, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, I'm thinking that most of the interaction there is outside the game. It's Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. This is a family show, Colin. You just ruined everything. <laughs> Okay, so here's the other thing that, uh, that I think represents the appeal of Yahtzee. Rerolls. Oh my goodness, rerolls are the, quite possibly the best game mechanic of all time. I mean, what do we love about dice? You know, the randomness, right? The unpredictability. We don't know how they're going to turn up. What do we hate about dice? The randomness. The unpredictability <laughs> of the dice. But, and, and especially when they don't roll our way. You know, oh, well, then the dice are broken. That's, well, clearly. It's, that's a design they're, they're, they're flaw. They're weighted, either that or uh, we've got a friend who causes the laws of probability to groan under the strain of their presence. I've seen that happen. Yeah, hi, Steve. Um, so, uh, so, Jonathan, was this the first game to actually have rerolls? It's the first game that I can actually find in here, where you could keep what you want and reroll everything else, and then keep what you want and reroll everything else. And that is a huge thing, for a number of reasons. Think about this. Who doesn't love getting a second chance when they screw up. I mean, it wasn't even your fault in the first place, and you still get a second chance, and you get a third chance. So by the time you've had those three rolls, it feels like if you didn't get what you were going for, it wasn't meant to be anyway. And it takes a huge part of the sting out of it. Uh, The fact that they reuse this in so many other games, I think really is, uh, that is the legacy of Yahtzee. I mean, Monopoly brought us roll and move and collecting properties and building things up. There's plenty of stuff going on there. Risk brought us the dudes on a map genre. Yahtzee brought us re-rolls. And we can thank that for King of Tokyo. We can thank that for Bang the Dice Game. We can thank that for, thank that for Roll Through the Ages. So many great games offer this. I mean, it, it, is there anything better than re-rolls? Except for mm, sexy Yahtzee parties. Where you get both. Actually, oh my goodness, that explains it now. Okay, all right, now, now I totally understand it. Um, and the other thing, too, is that you can pull some neat sort of mechanical tricks when you have re-rolls. I mean, consider in, uh, have you guys played King of Tokyo with the expansion set? I have not, sadly. The power-up one? No, I haven't, actually. Okay. So it, it gives you special powers for your monster. Like, if mm-hmm. you're playing Gigazor, mm-hmm. you have a little deck of evolution cards that are particular to Gigazor, and you can get those. Does Alienoid still get shafted? Uh, Alienoid actually has some pretty hilarious powers in there. That's, uh, they've got these advanced technology cards, which is like cheap tech that breaks easily, but it's powerful when it works. Uh, it's pretty funny. You know, the king is all about being the king of Tokyo, about getting into the center. Uh, Gigazor is all about, uh, about attacking in every direction. It's really good stuff. But the thing is, you only get to get one of those when you roll three hearts on the dice. 
And getting three of a kind on five or six dice is not a particularly easy thing to do. Ask anybody who plays Yahtzee. But the fact that you have those rerolls gives you more chances of doing that. Uh, if you guys played Bang the Dice Game. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. That Gatling gun! <laughs> you, you don't like the Gatling gun? <laughs> well, not when I'm not shooting it. Well, of course, but when you're shooting it, though, that's all the difference. You, you, you have to roll those three blast symbols, and if you can get those, off goes the Gatling gun, everybody else takes damage. But you're not going to get those three on just one roll. You need the re-rolls to get that. So I mean, that, that, that is a huge thing. I think it gives a nice sense of agency in an otherwise massively random uh, mechanic. Mm-hmm. You you can make a decision, especially because you don't have to re-roll everything. It's mm-hmm. a matter of making decisions to try to offset the chaos. So you feel like you are actively trying to countermand this horrible force <laughs> that won't bend to your will on the first roll. What I really like is in a game like Elder Sign, uh, re-rolls actually cost you like points and and clue tokens and yeah, stuff. Yeah, they do that in trains and stations too. Yeah, but but, mm-hmm. but when you actually have that moment where you can be like, oh no, I can re-roll. It's like the best feeling in the world. Like, whew, not dead. Yes. I got a terrible roll, but oh no, it's okay. I've got a re-roll. And you know, if it comes up the second and the third time, again, it's it feels like it was meant to be. And yet it doesn't feel like it was your fault. Ugh, all the advantages of chance and none of the disadvantages. Oh, hail rerolls. Good gracious. I think I need to do an entire episode about games with rerolls because they're awesome. All right. Um, there's one more thing. I can't let an episode about Yahtzee end without talking about Yam Slam. Have you guys heard me ramble on about this one? We do oh, know yes. about it. It's, oh, it, it's the, the, Somebody finally built a better Yahtzee, and it's perfect. Have you guys actually had the chance to introduce Yam Slam to, uh, to customers? At I've, the I've done several tables, yep. How'd it do? It, if they liked Yahtzee, they loved it. All right. <laughs> That, 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 that's good, right? Because if they, they hated Yahtzee, they're not going to like Amslam. It's oh, basically the yeah. same sort of game. Uh, it's, it's really fast and easy to set up, and it's the same basic deal. You roll dice, you re-roll what you don't want, you re-roll what you don't want, and then you score something. But instead of writing something down on a piece of paper, you take a big, chunky red poker chip with a big, fat number on it. If you take uh, a two pair, then that's five points. It's got a big five on it. It says two pair right around the side of it. Uh, if you get the large straight, it's worth 50 points. It says large straight around the side. It's got a great big 50 on there. Oh, and you collect all these chips. And best of all, it introduces interaction. I mean, if I grab all the full house chips, you can't get any more full houses. And no, can, neither can anybody else. And once the chips are all taken, that's game. Scoring is fast and simple. Oh, no, no more adding things up the way you'd have to do in Yahtzee. And also, even the risk management part, although it's still there, it's easier to do. So if you, uh, folks, if you're, uh, if you're fans of Yahtzee, get hold of a copy of Yam Slam if you can. It's, it's, it's everything Yahtzee wants to be in a modern game design. Really good stuff. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week with another 20th Century Classic. Until then, I'm Jonathan Moriarty with Maddie McLean. Later. And Colin Young. Bye. Game on. Thanks for listening. You can find more from the Game Gurus by subscribing to the Snakes and Lattes YouTube channel or by visiting our blog. Just go to snakesandlattes.com and click where it says blog up near the top of the page. Until next week, I'm P.T. Douglas. Game on.